Howdy, folks. This is Jimmy Aiken of the Jimmy Aiken Podcast, and you're listening to Catholic Foodie. It slices, dices, and makes julian fries. This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 132 of the Catholic Foodie, St. Joseph Altars in New Orleans. Welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and today is not St. Joseph's Day. <laughs> that was Monday. Today is Friday, a Friday in Lent. Uh, but Monday, we did celebrate uh, St. Joseph's Day, and we have a huge tradition, a big tradition down here in South Louisiana of celebrating what we call St. Joseph Altars on St. Joseph's Day. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, I wanted to, I had plans on Monday. I had an interview in the morning on Catholic Community Radio. We talked about St. Joseph and St. Joseph traditions. And uh, I'm going to share that interview with you this episode. So stay right here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. That's right. Monday was a big day. It was a huge day. I mean, the celebration, uh, I mean, People around the world have a, a tremendous devotion to St. Joseph, who was, uh, ironically, a very silent man in the Gospels, uh, but powerful, right? Powerful. He is called the universal, the patron of the universal church. He's called Terror of Demons. He's the foster father of Jesus, I mean, an amazing, amazing man, a real man of virtue. And, uh, and, and we, we don't have any of his words at all in the Gospels. But we're going to talk about St. Joseph today. You know, on Monday, I woke up to an interview with Catholic Community Radio in Baton Rouge. And uh, David Dawson and his crew in Baton Rouge are doing a fantastic job with Catholic Radio, and I was very honored to, to be on the show. And uh, we, we, they wanted me on there to talk about St. Joseph Altars and what it's all about, because I've been talking about that now every year for the last three or four years on this, uh, on this show, on The Catholic Foodie. So we talked about that, and uh, I'm going to share that interview with you. And also, I'm going to dig back, reach back, way back in the archives of the Catholic Foodie, all the way back to episode 12, and I'm going to pull out for you an interview that I did with Dr. Ann K. Legarbo on the origins of St. Joseph Altars. She has been uh, preparing and, and, and celebrating this tradition of St. Joseph Altars for years and uh, over a decade and, and so she has a lot of experience putting them together. I mean, big ones. I mean, for like a thousand people. I mean, it, it, it's huge. It, it's wonderful. She has experience doing that and also has a, a story of her own as to why she got involved with St. Joseph Altars and what that's all about. So I'm going to share that with you, too. And also, Sarah Reinhardt joins us with her Mary in the Kitchen segment, which this time may also feature something about St. Joseph. Who knows? We shall see. And uh, also have some good news, too, about Sarah Reinhardt as one of her projects, uh, one of her recent projects. Got some news for you on that, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. First, as we get started with the show, I want to thank our sponsor, DivineOffice.org. This episode of The Catholic Foodie is sponsored by DivineOffice.org, and you will find all things Liturgy of the Hours at DivineOffice.org. And the most impressive thing you will find there is a living community of prayer. So join us in prayer at divineoffice.org. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of the can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh-huh. 
I'll have what she's having. Well, I'm going to kick off uh, today with this interview that I did on Monday with uh, the guys over at uh, Catholic Community Radio in Baton Rouge. And uh, they have a show, a morning show called Wake Up Baton Rouge. And uh, I was I was honored to be on the show on Monday to talk about St. Joseph. Anyway, anyway, I'm going to let this clip run, and I uh, certainly hope that you enjoy it. Jeff Young, you're with us. I am. Thank oh, you. Good morning. He's he's joining us through Skype. That's why he sounds like he's sitting right here in the studio. It, it frightened clear, me. I, I had to look over my shoulder. Me. Whoa. <laughs> he's here. There he is. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, you know, I, I was talking to, it was Teresa Tamio last week, and I was asking her all about the St. Joseph's Altar, and she sounded a little befuddled. You know, they don't do them anywhere else but around here, huh? Well, uh, New Orleans is definitely a place where uh, they, I think they have over 50 going really? on in New Orleans uh, this weekend. 50 St. Joseph altars. Wow. And what about today itself? Uh, do, you, do you know of a bunch in New Orleans? Uh, I know of a few. Um, they, they have them all around. Yeah. You know, I keep up. I'm on the North Shore, <laughs> so I, I we're actually going to be leaving uh, after this show today, Probably. <laughs> to head to a, a, a St. Joseph altar in Folsom. Oh, no kidding! Oh, in really? the North Shore. Okay, great, yeah. great. Joe, I mean, uh, Jeff, the history of St. Joseph's altar. Could, are, are you are you are you familiar with that? I am. I am. Uh, you know, it all started back in the Middle Ages when there was a, a famine. There was a drought. All right. And uh, have y'all talked about this yet? Not, Not at yet. all. No. 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 no, no. no. We're just talking food. You know us. I mean, uh, yeah, we, we know there's more to it than that. <laughs> We think of it, we think of it as a, as an Italian tradition, but it's really Sicilian. Okay. And of course, you know, Sicily is like a little island and, and this famine in the Middle Ages was terrible. And, uh, the, the smart and, and devout Sicilians made a deal with St. Joseph <laughs> that, uh, if, if he would deliver them from the famine, then they would, um, they would honor him and, and honor him annually with, with some sort of, Something, you know, something demonstrable. Mm-hmm. And in this case, an altar. And the best thing about, I think, St. Joseph altars is you're talking about a famine. He saves them from a famine. Right. And what do they give back? They give back food and they offer it to St. Joseph. And then after that, the food is, is given to the poor. And it, it, it moved from Sicily, of course, over to the New World with uh, all the Italian and Sicilian immigrants in New Orleans. You know, they say, and I can't remember the, the dates. It may have been the, the 1800s. Mm-hmm. At one point, the French Quarter was 80% Sicilian. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of altars. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> a lot yeah. of olive oil sliding around. Okay. <laughs> I bet the garlic. I bet it just smelled. Well, it already does smell good in the French Quarter. You know. Well, I mean, depending on what street you're on, you know, but a lot of times you smell that garlic <laughs> <That's right. laughs> going on there. But um, uh, okay, so so you're. You know, giving giving us the history of the St. Joseph's Altar, and and again, it's 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 pretty much a local South Louisiana thing. I mean, or New Orleans thing. Is that it? Well, I mean, they have a devotion like this. I think in other places they call them St. Joseph Tables. Okay. Uh, there 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 are devotions like this all over the place. All right. Uh, but it's it is a well, of course, anything dealing with food and and faith. It's so so they're so tied together down in South Louisiana. Right. Um, we're really known for the St. Joseph altars down here. I see. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, uh, we've had a guest a few times, Father Leo Padalinghug, talking about how food and faith and uh, being around a table uh, are celebrated together. And he said, uh, 
he he tries all over the country to convince people of the importance of tying the both in, but he doesn't have too much of a problem down here <laughs> in, in, in South Louisiana. It's we second nature it. for us. Hey, yeah. Jeff, has uh, New Orleans kind of adapted it any from what it was back in Sicily? I'm just curious whether it's been kind of Americanized at all. Uh, I think, I think in a way, um, and you know, there are, I'd say, as I mentioned, almost 50 St. Joseph altars. And I don't think that was all today because you know, some of those start even like last week, wow. uh, leading up to the feast day just because of scheduling. And we're so busy these days off, you know, I mean, even the church in the, in the States, we, we move feast days around to, to fit, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, that's right. um, that happens too with the St. Joseph altars. But there, in addition to having them in these churches, because you've got them, you know, the parish hall or wherever, uh, a lot of families have them too, and so you really do have probably, you know, well over a hundred, two hundred altars going on. But some of them are just smaller family, right? Family events, yeah. you know, and all of them, all of them are associated in some way, shape, or form with with a gift of Thanksgiving. There, at some point in time, a family will have approached Saint Joseph, asked for his intercession and uh he comes through mm-hmm. and and so in in appreciation and thanksgiving they they and in, i don't know just to honor saint joseph they hold these altars yeah and it's yeah. a beautiful i think a public witness um and a public demonstration of devotion you know as catholics in the united states we have a well we're kind of put off to the side when it comes to our faith and right. publicly whether it's uh, engaging in a in a in a in a beneficial dialogue in politics, mm-hmm. or even as a as a demonstration of our devotion, we're kind of put to the side. And that's the beautiful thing about uh, um, uh, processions with the Blessed Sacrament outside, mm-hmm. um, with something like this, the Saint Joseph altar, where everyone's invited. It's not a mass, you know. Although some churches will have a, a mass associated with the altar, right, right, like what I'm going to today, but. It's an opportunity to invite people. It, it can be um, evangelistic, but at the same time, it touches on this beautiful tradition that we have of devotion to the saints. Mm, it's also, uh, Jeff, a, a real celebration of the family, it seems like, obviously. Absolutely. That's, mm-hmm. that's the part I like. I tell you what, right before we go to break, and Jeff, can you hang on? <clears throat> excuse, uh, excuse me. Uh, through the break, can you do that? Sure. Great. Okay. Uh, today, St. Louis, King of France. Uh, is going to be having uh, their St. Joseph's altar, and they're up on North Sherwood. That's from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. The public is invited. And then uh, the St. Saint, uh, Joseph's Cathedral, Jody, uh, mm-hmm. is going to be doing theirs starting at 11.30 a.m. And then there's going to be a noon mass and mm-hmm. the blessing of the altar, right? Yep. Then it's cookie time after that. And mm-hmm. then uh, we, we've got the Lola Muller home in Vachery. Doesn't say any that's open to the public, but uh, <laughs> one in Vassery, too. So. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay with us. This is Wake Up Baton Rouge on Catholic Community Radio. Welcome back. Wake up, Matt Rouge. This is Cat. Boy, that's slow music to try to get us going. Give us some more River Road. <laughs> this is Wake Up, Matt Rouge on Catholic Community Radio. You never know what's in the rotation, so you don't know what's coming. Wake up, Jody. <laughs> it's, my cup's empty. <laughs> anyway. right, I'll, I'll get you refill in a second. Dude. We want to remind everybody that you can get us wherever you are on uh, CatholicCommunityRadio.org. Yep. It's great to say that after all those mm. BR Catholic Radio days. Well, no, you can still get us. It, it, it forwards over, but isn't it great to now have our name? I know. 
CatholicCommunityRadio.org. Yeah, Easy to remember. Um, may take you a while to type it in the first time, but yeah. then just bookmark it. It just pops up, yeah. Put so, it in your favorites. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And don't forget to download it uh, free. It's a TuneIn Radio app. Download it, W-P-Y-R. When you do a search, pray your rosary. Amen. So remember it. And, uh, and there we are. Yeah, and I, and I tell you what, uh, being able to listen through your car radio, I, I, I went to uh, Overstock.com and for 8 bucks got this little gizmo that you put in your cigarette lighter. And it has two FM frequencies. Get out! And and you set it on one, and and you co- connect your um, your iPhone to it, and you can listen to it right through your radio. Ah, you got to show bucks. me that. It was eight bucks. Look at yeah. you getting all technical oh, on us, Jody. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm impressed. So, well, so I know. Your I know. Your daughter uh, must have showed you how to do that. Jody. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to tell you. She yeah. It, well, it also it also. Tells you that I have a very old car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For those for those of you just tuning in, we we wanted to thank you if you didn't hear it earlier. All those who helped to make our radiothon a success, every donation you gave, every prayer that you gave, thank you from the bottom of our hearts and uh, to be a part of this ministry. It uh, it's powerful, and your your gift will uh, will produce results, no doubt about yes, it. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. So we just thank you again. It's an investment. Keep those prayers coming, too, because uh, uh, our, our guest that we're going to be talking to, uh, Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, hails out of New Orleans. And we are working our way towards the New Orleans area. Uh, uh, New Orleans needs uh, Catholic radio, and uh, it's actually making progress. So please pray for that. Amen. So, uh, Jeff Young, you're still with us. I am. I am. All right. Well, welcome back, right. Jeff. And Jeff, during the break, we were talking about the altars. And, and why don't you give us, um, can you tell us what kind of foods we can expect to see on these altars? Well, I tell you what, one thing I'm very grateful for is, you know, we celebrate St. Patrick's Day and St. Joseph's Day very close to each other. And this time was this weekend. That's why I'm grateful because, you know, I am Irish, but I do know about Irish food and Irish food is pretty bad. Okay, so you need. <laughs> I see a solution here: green Jello. Yeah, well, that's put about that, it. Put that on your otherwise, Joseph otherwise you, no, you, you have on the menu. No, no, it's pretty much potatoes or potatoes or potatoes or something else boiled. Okay, you can mash them. But, but 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 Italian food. Oh, so you know you can enjoy St. Patrick's Day and then eat Italian food. Uh, right? Jeff, but then get, get back to the Jody's question. You, Jeff, what, 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 what do we got on the table, Jeff? What's typical? Well, you know, uh, it's it's meatless. So typically, uh, one of the things, the things that they serve, I mean, down here, you know, you're going to have fried catfish. You just can't go meatless, I think, without having fried catfish, you know. Indeed. Uh, but also they'll, they'll have a, uh, kind of a marinara, but it's not, uh, it's not your typical marinara sauce. It's usually made with some sort of a fish base really? or, or a fish stock. Hmm. And, uh, on the top of that, when they serve it with the pasta, they'll, they'll sprinkle some sweet breadcrumbs. Which is symbolic of uh, the sawdust, you know. Saint Joseph was a carpenter, yeah. And oh, so it's uh, symbolic of his sawdust. But that's, I mean, that's just beautiful, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and it, I don't know if you've ever had a, I think it's a Milanese sauce. Uh, Jody's fish, nodding. So. Look at this. What what is, what is a Milanese? Who? Say it again. You better put some of that sweet stuff on top of that. <laughs> what, what is that? What is Milanese sauce? What, describe that, Jeff. Oh, I don't know if I could do any better than I already did. It's, okay. uh, I haven't actually cooked that, prepared it myself. I do know that it's uh, a fish base. Tomato uh, sauce. Okay. I, I remember sauce. my grandmother. Like a kubia? No, it's okay. more, I remember my grandmother making that sauce, and it actually has some anchovies chopped oh, yes. up in it. And, <laughs> and it, ha- it has a deep, deep taste. Yeah. And those breadcrumbs are also mixed with some kind of a, a brown sugar. 
to mm-hmm. sweeten it up and you sprinkle it on the top and then you mix it all up and it cuts through the kind of bitterness of the fishy taste. And really? um, yeah. Now you're going to tell me you're so poor you actually put real sawdust on there, right? No. <laughs> no. Fiber. But I, I can I can remember, um, you know, like, do I really have to eat that? <laughs> honestly, honestly, if it's got like anchovies and tomato, that really does sound good to me. Mm. No, it, it actually else? is. Maybe your grandmother was just a bad cook, Jody. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it what else, Jeff? What else is Sorry, on, Jeff. The, on, the, on the table? Well, you know, of course, I mean, the thing that everybody loves is the cookies. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Well, let me let me tell you. Cookie. I can tell you a little story about cookies. Uh, <laughs> last Wednesday night, my my wife made uh, batches and batches of the of the the Ennis cookies, yes. and then my daughter came over on Thursday and they laid them all out and they iced them. Yes, and it was hysterical. I, I wish I would have just ran a tape recorder listening to them cut up as they were icing the cookies. And then they put the sprinkles all over it. Wasn't you that know? part of it, Jeff? It's all I part mean, of you know, it. What, what about like fruits and vegetables and stuff like that, Jeff? Was that pretty typical? Fruits, fruit, right, right. Fruits and vegetables. And you know, down here too, you may see uh, quite a few stuffed artichokes. Oh, mm, really? Yes. All right. Oh, yes. Okay. And now it's different because, you know, you have the, the food that's on the table and typically that is what's blessed. They have a blessing, of course. It's blessed. And that's the food that's there for show, first of all, and, and honor St. Joseph. But then also, that's the food that's given away. And so they give that away to the poor. Uh, and oftentimes the crew, I guess we can call them the St. Joe's crew, mm-hmm. uh, the <laughs> ones who are putting together the, the, the altar, they will also prepare food that's not on the altar. That's where you'll, you'll have your pasta and your fish and uh, maybe some artichokes, things like that. And so people can eat that food. But typically, and this is where there's a little gray area because some people may do it differently, but traditionally the food on the altar given to St. Joseph, offered to him, and then given to the poor. Mm-hmm. So uh, the cookies, everybody who goes to a St. Joseph altar and, and visits it has got to receive a little goodie bag, you know, and you'll yeah. have cookies in there and uh, fava beans, mm-hmm. uh, which are just, I guess, down here, we just call them lucky beans. Yeah, tell and, us about the fava bean. Do you, do you know the history or the reason for that? Well, the reason, you know, the fava beans on Sicily, th- those were used to feed the animals, to feed cows. I don't know if y'all have ever tried to eat fava beans. They're, they're not very tasty. No, mm-hmm. I, I, and, and I like They're very us. tough. Really? You had it? Uh, you should, no, he's probably, no, don't listen to Johnny. Okay. <laughs> but have you, have you had it They yet? had to eat it. All right. right? That's, yeah. that's what they had. And so uh, I guess the tradition now is they bless these fava beans, and so they, be, they become like a sacramental. They, it, it, it is blessed. Okay. And, um, of course, a very human element creeps in there, and that's that kind of superstition, like it's it's a lucky bean. It's not that lucky. Yes. Oh, okay. Lucky, but, no. you know, yeah. sometimes that's how we feel about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I saw yesterday I went to St. Uh, Joseph's altar, there was lots and lots of desserts. I didn't see any beans, but I saw – or I didn't see a lot of cookies yet. Maybe it was early. Well, now, wait, is that, that common? And there lots of yeah. different desserts? I've seen uh, altars with lots of different desserts, uh, lots of cakes. And, of course – Yes, a lot of – Oh, cakes. really? Okay. A lot of um, uh, symbolism here with St. Joseph. And so you'll have cakes that are in different uh, shapes. Sometimes they'll have a cake with a sacred heart image or an image of Jesus on it and one with Mary or the Immaculate Heart. Um, matter of yeah. fact, uh, St. Paul's School in Covington, they have a huge one every year, and uh, 800 and something kids, you know, boys, teenage mm-hmm. boys, eat to their heart's content. And you've got the cookies and everything else. But one of the beautiful things, they make a rosary out of chocolate. Oh, oh, oh come on. Wow. It's, it's you can't eat that. Out of chocolate. Just like every Hail Mary, you eat one? That's just. <laughs> 
Oh, my goodness. And you can't touch that. But you want to get your hand slapped. You can't <laughs> touch it until after it's all over. I bet. Now, I saw something yesterday. Maybe it was my imagination because I, I only had a – there was a lot of people there. I'm looking. It looked to me, Jeff, like a fish with frosting on it. Was that just my imagination? You mean a real fish? A real fish. John, John Foles had it. Yeah. With he had a whole fish. Oh, and he had like the the, 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 the uh, white sour cream type thing. Is that on. what it was? Yeah, okay. yeah. Right, Jeff. It, what was that? I mean, I don't. I don't it was it? Was it? Uh, it wasn't a fish with scales on it, wasn't it? It sure looked like it to me. <laughs> well, maybe, I, maybe so. And they just had to flip it open, and then you can take some sour cream or some uh, cream cheese and, yeah. and do. I don't know if it okay. was salmon. But, you know, I, salmon I wasn't and, real and cream hungry. Ooh, well I, I bet that would be real good. I got to tell you guys, I have seen many altars in many places, but I went to somebody's house, and it was, it was Helen Gonzalez. And she had this like, uh, oh, gosh, I'm going to say three or four years ago. I've never seen anything like it and took up two rooms. Mm. And it's just floor to ceiling. You were describing the cakes. But you know what else? Uh, and this is my next question. What about the breads? Do you know the tradition of the breads? I know they're shaped like tools and everything, but there's something about a blessed bread from the altar, too. And I'm not remembering that. Do you know about that, Jeff? Well, I don't know about the, the tradition as, as far as the blessing goes. I do know that some of those breads that are shaped, they're yeah. um, maybe a monstrance or a chalice, a cross, yeah. even even shaped like a lamb or a fish or the Bible, that uh -huh. some of those breads are not edible. I mean, they're, they're there for, for decoration. Just for show, and, right? Oh, interesting. You know, but, uh, but any of the breads that are left over, at least what's edible, I know, is, is mm. typically given away. Now, I did, see, I did see a monstrance, but, of course, the, the host wasn't in it. This, but, this, but it was but bread? Just the, no, I'm just oh, saying oh, okay. a monstrance sitting right at the very – at a picture of the Holy Family. Below it was a monstrance. Oh, but, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, so and then from that flowed – all the food. That was no kidding. Neat. Oh, really? It, yeah. it all kind of. Yeah. I, I tell you, those yeah, things are a sight to cool. behold. Aren't is they? it pretty typical too? I'm just curious. They, they had uh, some dressed up as the Holy Family, and they fed them first water, and then I'm just curious. Is that common in in uh, St. Joseph altars elsewhere to have a Holy Family kind of stand in and represent, uh, or is that not? Or is that just a special occasion? I've I've seen that. What about you, Jeff? I have. <clears throat> excuse me. I have not seen that around here. I have not. I know that in some of the some of the uh, celebrations we had in Mexico when I was in, I lived in Mexico for a couple of years, mm -hmm. um, that was a typical thing. They would have someone dress up as the Holy Family, you know, not just a St. Joseph's Day, but also um, a Christmas and during Advent, different times. Okay. So Jeff, tell us about the Catholic Foodie. Tell us about your website and how people can get in touch with you and all those good things. Uh, well, the Catholic Foodie is where food meets faith, at least online, and uh, <laughs> you can find it at. Uh, CatholicFoodie.com. I have a podcast or internet radio show and also a blog there. Lots of recipes, uh, reviews, comments on food and faith. Uh, join me. It's a lot of fun. Jeff uh, Young, Catholic Foodie, uh, CatholicFoodie.com. Thank you very much for being with us. We'll catch up with you again soon, my friend. My pleasure. Thank you. Happy Thanks, Jeff. All right. It's Happy St. Joseph Day, everybody. You pray for us. We'll pray for you. We'll see you at the altars a little bit later. God bless. Well, it was certainly a pleasure to join those guys again uh, on Catholic Community Radio in Baton Rouge. Wake up, Baton Rouge. That was a lot of fun. Um, a while back, I guess it was probably, goodness gracious, going a, a year or two back when, when they were – uh, just starting out, uh, the, the the station, I think, is probably only two or three years old now. Uh, when they were first starting out, I used to uh, join them on Fridays just for one segment for about 10 minutes to talk about the weekend and food because, you know, that's just kind of what we do down here. 
<laughs> we, we just eat and have a good time. And uh, of course, the weekends are always good for that. So um, I used to join them on Fridays. That was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So uh, Catholic Community Radio in Baton Rouge, you can find it online, um, catholiccommunityradio.org or also brcatholicradio.com. I think both of those URL addresses will take you there. Check out uh, what they're doing. It's really good stuff, great stuff. And we, we need to get Catholic Radio going in New Orleans. You know, it's kind of funny. You think about it. I mean, New Orleans is such a Catholic city. It's, it's amazing that we do not have Catholic Radio. I just, <laughs> it's, uh, it, 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 uh, it's dumbfounding. Ah, we got to do something about that. Well, anyway, you know, to talk more about St. Joseph, uh, I want to pull this interview that was done, golly, probably three years ago now, all the way back to the beginnings of the Catholic Foodie. We're talking episode 12 here. Uh, This is when I was still teaching at St. Paul School in Covington, and uh, Dr. Ann Kayla Garbo, who she had uh, sons at at the the school there at the time, but she had been putting on um, St. Joseph altars annually for probably well over 10 years. I can't remember. It may, may be as, even as many as 15. She, she mentions this in the interview. I just can't remember right now the number of years. But she, um, she, she took the time to, to speak with me about the origins of St. Joseph. Some of what you're going to hear may be a little bit repetitive of what I just said, but she says it so much better. So, <laughs> And uh, she's so knowledgeable when it comes to this great tradition of St. Joseph altar. So let's uh, let's go ahead and welcome her back on the show after uh, all this time from episode 12 uh, on St. Joseph. Well, I'm here right now with uh, Dr. Ann Kayla Garbo at a St. Joseph altar. And uh, Dr. Ann, would you mind sharing with us a little bit about uh, what the St. Joseph altar is all about? I'd be happy to. The St. Joseph altar is a tradition that dates back to the Middle Ages. And it stems from a great drought that the Sicilians suffered in the Middle Ages. And during that drought, legend has it that most of the rivers dried up and most of the streams dried up. And the, the um, food from the sea, even the, the fish, uh, was diminished in great numbers. And thousands upon thousands of Sicilians famished because of this drought. They had to subsist uh, off of um, the fava bean, which is a very hardy um, bean that grows in the rocky, dry terrain of Sicily. Prior to the famine, however, the fava bean was used as cow fodder. Oh, wow. And so they used it to feed to their cattle. But they survived off of this bean, which is a protein. And because of that bean um, sustaining their life, they referred to it as the lucky bean because they were indeed lucky to have it. Mm. Um, But being uh, very devout um, Catholics in Sicily, they prayed to their patron saint, who was St. Joseph. And they prayed very fervently that he would deliver them from their drought. And they promised in return that if he would do that, they would forever honor him. And so the rains came, and they came, and they came, and they came. And they filled up the rivers, and they filled up the streams, and the vegetation came back. And true to their promise, every year on St. Joseph's Day, many people, uh, many Italians and Sicilian heritage, not only um, uh, around the Mediterranean, but also here in uh, South uh, United States, mm-hmm honor him with a traditional St. Joseph altar. And most St. Joseph altars are indeed um, erected in Thanksgiving mm-hmm. to a promise received, just like the original one was. Wow. And, and is there some kind of connection there with, with Thanksgiving? And, and I mean, you head this thing up and every year. We're I at St. Paul's, and I know you have your sons are here, mm-hmm. and your husband's here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And you're the one that started orchestrating this, what, two, three years ago, three years ago, well, maybe? Well, three years ago here at St. Paul's, and this is actually my tenth year doing it. For oh, the wow. previous seven years, I had done it at St. Peter's Elementary mm-hmm. School. Um, and it was uh, a promise that my mother and I made 12 years ago um, that my oldest brother, who was in a tremendous illness and an illness that was consuming him, mm-hmm. would be saved from his illness. And there was, at that point, no point of return for him. And uh, we knelt on our knees um, in her home and, and made this promise that if he were saved and spared from this terrible illness, that we would honor him on his feast day with a fabulous altar. And within two months, his life was turned around, and he is celebrating his 60th birth birthday this wow. year and is alive and well and healthy. And so I have continued uh, to keep my promise. My mother did help me for the first Three years, um, no, more than that, until 2003 when she passed away, mm-hmm. and then I've continued on since. Wow, so thank, big thank you to St. Joseph. Big thank you to St. Joseph. Wow. Uh, and the, the thing, I think when people think of St. Joseph altars, one of the things that jumps to mind, first of all, is just the food. It's like a, right. a, an abundance of food. Of course, it, you've got the, the cookies, but you've got so much, so many other things here. Right, and there are some things that are traditional to a St. Joseph altar. Of course, all the cookies are traditional uh, Italian holiday cookies, the cucidadas, which are the fig cookies. But there's some very special um, cookies like the uh, jujulani, which are the sesame seed cookies, and the asse morte, which are, it means bones of the dead in mm-hmm. Italian. And they represent the, the bones of the many Sicilians who died. Wow. Um, you have to have chocolate-covered almonds that signify the seed of the Holy Spirit. And so there's certain things that you have to have on an altar that have significance um, to the time period that we were talking about. You have to have uh, pasta melanese, which is a, a red gravy with a fish stock okay. instead of your um, traditional stock. It's a fish stock. Um, and it's dusted with a uh, sweetened breadcrumb um, coating called mudica, which represent the sawdust of, of St. Joseph. So everything has a very spiritual meaning. And what I hoped at St. Paul's is for the boys to not only soak in the cultural aspects of this, but the religious aspects of it and the great faith that is involved in producing an altar and in carrying on the tradition of an altar. And and besides the food, something else that uh, is very characteristic of uh, St. Joseph altars is the the fava beans. The fava beans. The fava beans are the, the lucky beans. And the lucky beans were the beans that sustained the Sicilians. And the, the legend of the lucky bean is that um, you're supposed to get three, representing the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh, okay. And you keep them in your pocket. And uh, Sicilians say that you never go hungry and you never go without a coin in your purse, wow. as long as you carry around the father beans. Of course, I wish I knew you needed three, because I've been having <laughs> just one. Every year I get one. I'll get so you a couple more. So maybe that's why I need uh, more luck, I guess. I'll get you a couple more. Um, also wanted to ask you about uh, how long it takes to prepare this this altar. I mean, this is a lot of food. It's obviously a lot of work. This is a lot of, well, we're feeding 850 plus boys. Wow. And so the spaghetti sauce I actually start making right after Christmas. Mm-hmm. We have 30 gallons of spaghetti sauce. And so it takes about uh, three solid weeks to make the spaghetti sauce. And that's all frozen and prepared. Um, the, we had about 800 cannoli. And I do that right after the spaghetti sauce. But because the cookies have to be fresh... We don't start the cookies for 10 days before the altar. And so all 8,000 of these cookies were made within the past 10 days. Oh, my goodness. How many cookies? it's a labor of about 8,000. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And and as you can see, they're they're doing them in pretty well. (laughs) Well, these boys, teenage boys can eat. Yes, yes. Um, And uh, who, who... 
pays for all of this? How do you? I mean, this Everything is, is donated. We, we beg for donations, and um, we receive monetary donations. We also receive um, donations of food items. CISO has been wonderful in donating flour and sugar for us every year. Uh, several hundred pounds of flour, several hundred pounds of sugar, and things that we need to actually create um, the cookies. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we get monetary donations, and we get donations of staples. Um, and then, of course, if you've seen here, it, it, it takes uh, 65 to 75 moms to pull this thing off yeah. because we have got to feed all these boys within 25 minutes. Oh, my and, goodness. And, and it, they're wonderful, and it, it's working beautifully. And, I mean, the, one, the good thing about this here at St. Paul's, I know the religion classes... Throughout the day, they get to come and they hear the story. They get to hear the story. They get to study the artwork. They get to study um, the different types of cookies. And everything is labeled so that they know what the significance of it is. And uh, I wasn't here early this morning, but the, the altar was blessed, I assume. The altar was blessed by a deacon for us early this morning. And the boys know um, that once the food is blessed, we can only dispose of it by feeding it to animals or by burying it. And once again, there's so many people involved. The maintenance crew has been just paramount in not only setting up the tables for us, but they also go the extra yard and they dig a hole and take care of burying the food for us. So it's, it's a, a, truly a village that puts on this altar. Well, thank you so much. Uh... Hi, I'm Junie. And I'm Ree. And, and this is Mary in the Kitchen with Sarah Reinhardt. <laughs> You know, having a boy has sure changed the way I look at my husband. For one thing, there's the constant references by my mother-in-law about how my son is just like my husband was at this age. For another, there's the interaction of boys, now under my own roof. Though I was raised with brothers, I have somehow remained rather oblivious to this particular magic. I've had daughters, so my focus has been on purple ponies and pink sparkles and daddy-daughter stuff. Being a boy mom has given me a new and deeper appreciation for St. Joseph, too. Oh, I loved him before, and my own little guy is a Joseph himself. Now, though, watching my husband and my son play trucks and moo to each other, I can't help but notice the many, many differences between males and females. There is no talking toys. There is no talking, period. There are grunts punctuating playtime. There are climbing antics and daredevil smiles. There are cute snuggles and maddening sweetnesses. Can't you just picture St. Joseph building things with Jesus on the floor or in the dirt? Isn't it marvelous to picture them snuggling right after they rolled around in a wrestling match? Do you wonder what sort of animal noises they prefer to make to each other to express their man love? Now, I turn to Mary in my kitchen while I'm finding my toddler once again in the middle of the table, wondering how in the world he got there when the chairs are either pushed all the way out or across the room. Maybe I don't want to know after all. I think of Mary as a boy mom, and I see that this sisterhood we share is a wonderful, if scary, place to be. When my boy plunges face first, again, into the concrete, when my boy puts his soft head under my chin in a snuggle, when my boy runs excitedly outside toward the fleeing cat, it is then that I find myself closer to Jesus than ever before. 
Jesus was once a boy. He had parents who were both enamored with and frustrated with him. He pulled stunts without a doubt. What a blessing that we too can go to him. What a gift that God not only gave us his son, but St. Joseph and Mama Mary too. As we draw closer to that great celebration of the resurrection, may the new life of spring and a new love for the Holy Family bring you closer and deeper into your faith. Thank you so much, Sarah. That was Sarah Reinhardt, folks, with her Mary in the Kitchen segment. You can find more of Sarah over at snoringscholar.com. And uh, in the beginning of the show, I mentioned that I have some news, some good news about Sarah, and I do, and I'm going to tell you right now what it is. Yesterday afternoon, I was so excited, you know, UPS, anytime I get mail or packages, I'm excited, right? Just, I love that. But uh, I was particularly excited yesterday afternoon, UPS dropped off a little package to me, and inside that package was two copies of Sarah's new book. That's right, Catholic Family Fun, a guide for the adventurous, overwhelmed, creative, or clueless, and uh, wow, I'm just so excited about this. I'm so excited about this. It's uh, published by Pauline Books and Media. Fantastic. It is now available, I know, in the stores, uh, any, any, any of the Pauline bookstores run by the Daughters of St. Paul. You can find the book. Also, it will be available on Amazon. I, th- I don't know if it's on there today. I know as of yesterday, it was, uh, they were getting ready to. You could order it, pre-order it, but it's um, not quite there yet. But it will be. If you want to know more about where you can get this book, you can go to catholicfoodie.com slash catholic-family-fun. So Catholic Family Fun, the name of it, with dashes in between. Uh, catholicfoodie.com, catholic, uh, catholicfoodie.com slash catholic-family-fun. So <laughs> you can go there to find out more about it. And look, you want to talk about awesome. I mean, it's awesome for several different reasons. One of them, I mean, this is just incredible. Forward, the forward was written by... Uh, Greg Willits, you may have heard of him, you know, the Catholics next, uh, next door, who was also instrumental in the, uh, the founding of uh, SQPN, the StarQuest Production Network. He wrote the foreword, I am honored as someone, I guess, who has worked with Sarah um, at, here at the Catholic Foodie. I'm honored that uh, I was able to write a, a blurb for this book, and it is, it is there. It's really cool. Uh, but also Lisa Hendy. Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle, Jennifer Fulweiler, all these wonderful people have had great things to say about this book. Um, would you like to bring faith and fun together in your home? Let Sarah Reinhardt introduce you to a variety of adventures and activities that include story starters, craft projects, meals to share, outdoor adventures, places to go, saints to celebrate, ways to serve, and ways to pray. Make use of the faith angle, the wider angle, and make it your own sections to further personalize the activities to fit the needs of your family. The indexes in the back will help you find the ideas that suit your schedule and budget. And look, I'm telling you, folks, you know Sarah. You, you hear her here on The Catholic Foodie with Mary in the Kitchen. You know the insights uh, and just the wonderful practical tips that she gives us in living our faith and our family uh, so much better. Can you imagine a, a book full of this stuff? <laughs> it's awesome. So go check that out, please, catholicfoodie.com slash catholic-family-fun, or just head over to snoringscholar.com. I'm sure Sarah will have more to say about this 
new the new release of her book too. So thank you again, Sarah. Awesome. I'm so excited. And also, I want to let you know, again, remind you before we close out the show that SQPN is still in the midst of its giving campaign. We are inching uh, forward here where it comes to, you know, toward the goal of what we need to continue to produce excellent Catholic content online. Of course, you know the world. Look around you, right? I mean, we live on the digital continent. We are uh, evangelizers here. We need good Excellent, actually, excellent Catholic content online. We have to be here. And SQPN is all about producing excellent Catholic content. So if you have not yet become a friend of SQPN, please consider doing so. You can go over to sqpn.com and up in the upper right hand corner, you're going to see a button that says donate or become a friend. And you can click on that button. And uh, even if it's a dollar, I mean, there's nothing too small, right? Uh, Everything matters. So Please do become a friend of SQPN today over at sqpn.com. And finally, last reminder here, I love feedback. I love to hear from you. Um, If you have something, a question about food or faith or the the mixture of the two, uh, Lent, we're still in the middle of Lent, uh, any kind of questions about the Catholic foodie, or if you have something good going on in your kitchens you want to tell me about it, please do give me a call at 985-635-4974. 985-635-4974. Leave me a message there, and that is something that I will be able to play here on the show. So, uh, excellent, excellent. St. Joseph, pray for us. Thank you so much for being with me today on the show, uh, for being here with me. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I have. And until next time, bon appetit.